Hello, everybody. This is Justin with Masonic Improvement, and I am joined today with my co-host, right worshipful Dennis Yates. Hello, everybody. Glad to see you. Glad you made it today and, and you're listening and watching and all those kind of things. We have a special guest that's going to talk to us about guarding the West Gate. And uh, this man really needs no introduction. But I've always wanted to do this, so so I think I'm going to do this. So, okay, give me just one second. Um, Let me mark this so I'm ready to edit it later. No, don't, don't you even. Don't you even. <laughs> so, Captain, men love him. Ladies, see him creeping in the bushes. It's the one. It's the only. The Yeti. <laughs> what, everyone? <laughs> Hello, Steve. Wasn't that awesome? Thank you. For, it, it was. It was definitely something. Definitely something. Dennis. <laughs> I like to see Justin's expression more than anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But it's one of those. It's one of those awesome names that you get in life, where where you know you just every time I hear it, I think, man, that would sound good if he was on like a wrestling stage or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are so glad to have. Yetis. Thank you I for coming it. on our show today. Thanks much. Yes, I uh, I've also been looking forward to this. I uh, I am I really want to hear your spin on on quality control, basically, and, and how you approach it at your lodge. I I'm past master of Hillcrest Lodge. A few years back, we got into the uh, inquiry process. Kyle Walk was spearheaded it. Um, the other Masters and members of the lodge went into uh, develop, developing a process that would actually work for the entire inquiry process from the moment that the person puts their feelers out that they're interested in joining all the way through initiating them and uh, following through all the way through uh, them becoming masters. So in the beginning, they put, uh, put in a request either by reaching out to the lodge email address, reaching out to the Facebook page any of the other methods going through an existing member, what have you, we as the inquiry team would reach back out to them, uh, ask them what spurred their interest in masonry, what, um, what prompted their interest, if it was familial, if it was seeing something on TV, what have you. And uh, we would go back and forth a few emails, especially if it wasn't a... Um, appropriate answer or something that would actually give us the type of information that we were looking for. Um, we would ask what they were hoping to get out of masonry. What was the, uh, their end goal where they uh, saw themselves moving on to, um, hoping for, hoping to get into the person's mind, figure out what was making them tick, what was making them make this, uh, life choice. Uh, we would then ask for some history about, you know, what their life is like, what they what they do for fun, tell us about their family, what their job is, just so that we can figure that part of them out as well. We would then. And go this is all. This is all before you ever even get to the lodge. So this oh, is yeah. when you receive an email or something. So you're you're digging deep into this person before they even you ever even come face to face with them. So that, oh, yeah. that's something that's something that I drew into right away. That's that's just awesome. That's kind of yeah. what I do with uh, with our email in our our Facebook Messenger. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Keep going. I'm sorry. I'm Every sorry. bit of this is before we even meet the person. This is all done via email um, just to find out who they are, let them know what masonry is, let them know uh, that each lodge has its own individual personality just as the individual people that make up a lodge have individual personalities. Um, if we find that the person seems to have good motives, they don't, they aren't looking to shoot us up or do the other things that you get the uh, random emails of in Dallas, we would invite them out to our monthly social. That gives the uh, lodge as a whole a chance to meet them in a, a secure environment where uh, we can meet the person, talk to them, give them a little background about what Freemasonry is, and find out who they are in the, on a deeper level. Uh, we would have them do that multiple months in a row, 
prior to even handing them a petition or even being willing to accept a petition. This is uh, to give the most people a chance to meet the person and uh, truly get to know the person before inviting them into your house, the lodge being your house. Absolutely. Um, it was, it's, it's always been a good practice to have the person meet with you at least six months because this person's making a lifelong commitment. So don't rush the process. Let it take its time. Let as many people meet them as possible. And then you can make a true uh, decision on whether you want to sign that person's petition. Then you get into the whole signing of the uh, committee to do the investigation. That goes as usual, usually with people that don't go to the inquiry socials so that um, you can get a, a few additional brothers input on what these guys are like. Then you do the initiation uh, passing and raising. That's pretty much how it goes at uh, Hillcrest. And some of my other lodges have taken that same type of action to heart as well. I find it interesting about the six month process. Um, you said that it's a, it's a lifelong commitment. It is. And, and really there's a lot of people that say six months is probably too long. I, I know there's some lodges that. They're lost. A, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lots of people say that. Uh, and there's some lodges that that kind of do like a uh, like a tempered approach where it's it's when everyone is in agreement they don't set a date. But in lieu of the fact that it is a lifelong commitment, really six months isn't a big deal. No, not at all. Because yeah, that's a that's a good way to. Think about it. If the person's not willing to attend events, be it the socials, be it. Uh, charity events, whatever your lodge deems necessary for these people to attend for a given period of time. Why are you wanting them in your building as one of your members? Yeah. If they're they're not willing to do that and they're wanting to join your organization, what kind of member are they going to be? Yeah, absolutely. And now I was thinking two things while, while you were, while you were talking and, and, I, I absolutely love your process. In fact, I love it so much that, you know, I've already talked to Kyle. My uh, youngest son is interested in, in joining now. And of course I want him to join Hillcrest. So, um, and I plan on being there when he does, but I'm going to let his approach be just as like, just like anyone else, because I want him to go through that experience. I want you to go through that experience with him. And really, because I think when, especially with people that, that have family that are going in, there's some, sometimes there's kind of like a, a maybe a passing of the torch feeling or rite of passage, like, you know, this is just part of the thing, or this is part of the show, or, you know what I'm talking about, you know, like, this is this is my this is my right to do this when well, it's family unfortunately the investigation process is is often more of a formality right because you don't right. want you don't want right. to upset an existing member by saying well your son does drugs and 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 things like that so he can't be a freemason so we uh, already know mine does what's the phrase they are a lewis if they are a family of a mason yeah yeah exactly so we uh, we turned about like I said like I said I already know mine does so that's okay. No, I just well, as as you. <laughs> yeah, I just had to say that because of what he said. I, I'm always going to do that. But the, now, okay, so that was that was one thought that that's that's very cool because even even with somebody who's been in it a while um, that's introducing their family member to it, I think it's good that they go through that process and they find a lodge that's going to fit them. You know, I kind of decided for my son that Hillcrest would be the best lodge for him because of, I know his personality. I really do. I mean, God bless you. You're going to have fun with him. But, you know, he does have some of his mom in him, so he'll be okay. But, <clears throat> but I, you know, at the same time, I, I want him to have his own experience and I want, I want it to go, you know, the way that y'all are doing. That's the whole reason. The, um, the second thought I was having, though, is that um, 
before everybody turns off their, their program saying, oh, that's just a, you know, we can't wait six months, blah, 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 blah. We're going to lose them. Well, you know, that's, that's I, a I lot mean, of the thought. And I think I even it, started, before I even started, I wanted to start with a disclaimer saying, this is what works <laughs> at Hillcrest and our right, right, right. that I've done and, have taken it yes. on. It is not a yes. one size fits all scheme that Absolutely. will work for everybody. Absolutely. Yes. And, and, but I love, I personally believe in it. I think that y'all are doing a great thing as is uh 148. And, and that's the way Freemasonry ought to be introduced to these young members. The, the, the only other thing I was going to say really is that, um, you know, the dynamics are different with lodges, like you just stated. And so it's not a one size fits all. And like in my town, we have 1900 people. We all pretty much know each other. And, you know, we're friends with the county sheriff. We're friends with the county judge. We're friends with, you know, we know everybody that can put you there and keep you there. And so it's, it's really not that much to figure somebody out in Goliath. <laughs> but, but, you know, talk about making it a special process. I mean, just taking that time is making it a special process. You said something. It- Stephen, and I, I, it was your disclaimer. And you yeah. said it's not one size fits all. It is not. And there's lots of things in the fraternity that I think are not one size fits all. But I remember, I, I what the Alamo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my turn. It's my go turn. Ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Write it down. Get a notepad. But um, I, I, I can't help but wonder if this is something that is probably one size fits all. And, and even if you're in a small town, like everybody knows everybody, the, the time commitment, it, it still makes the process. That, the the yeah, process the is process. cool. That when you, when you put in six months and you finally get that petition, regardless if you knew everybody from the time you walked in the door, it still makes it more special. You yeah. still, you still work for it. You still had to put in some commitment you might know the people. I, the first time I gave the, uh, this discussion was at Salado Lodge. Um, and, and they brought up that they're a small town. They know everybody. Yes, you might know everybody. Everybody might know you, but they don't know masonry. They don't know how Masonic Lodges work. They don't know the time commitments that we have. They don't know the extra um, events that we participate in that might not be part of our lodge, but are part of a sister lodge or part of a different district or part of Grand Lodge. We have different things that we do that help society, help uh, our fellow man that take up our man hours that um, are something that could be done by this individual that they just don't know that they're going to be doing. They don't know that that's going to be the time commitment they're going to have. And just, so. just because you know somebody doesn't mean that they don't have a, uh, a parent or an aunt or an uncle that lives out of town. But as soon as they find out that they joined the fraternity, they have all these misconceptions that they, that they, they, they try to impose on this person. And yeah. uh, it may turn them away. I mean, they're, the, the entire rest of their family may be of the predisposition where they don't like Freemasonry. And, and you had no way of knowing that until you started the process. Dennis, I, I, I know you had a point. I've, I figured so it out. As soon I it as out. I no. finish no. talking, I will let you make the point. The one thing that that could, that could really do is eliminate one of the biggest things that, that you and I talked about, Justin, and that is the bait and switch. If they if they spend the time with the lodge, they're a lot less likely to be disappointed at the end of the day, at the end of the degree, than than someone who came right into it, got signed, you know, did the slam bam, thank you, ma'am, go through the door kind of thing. You know, that they, they're gonna spend that time with you, they're gonna know the lodge, and then when they are done, they'll be a part of that lodge instead of you know, thinking that you're getting into this secret society, you know, this mystic fraternity, and then the lodge not that that particular lodge not giving it. I wouldn't say that Hillcrest doesn't give that, 
but I, but that particular lodge, let's say they don't, they don't, you know, they're not as exciting or, or, you know, outwardly um, expressive in their, in their views and beliefs. And, and so they, they get in and then they, and you lose them. You just yeah. lose them because, you know, that's something that we came across that when we started going through this process that allowed us to get to get to know them, let them get to know us, we stopped having people walk away after their entered apprentice degrees. They completely, yes. they went all the way through their master's degrees and became active members of the lodge where they jumped into the officer line. They became uh, fully functional members of our fraternity instead of just sitting on the sidelines or fading into nothingness. Yes. People, people think about, think, people think about Hillcrest for more than just one person. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that Goliad is the same way that there's several people in, in Goliad that, that, uh, that are active like that to where, you know, we have the same type of thing, except a country way. <laughs> Let me ask, and, and guess the Mr. Fine. I mean, I'm not, I don't expect you to have numbers just off the top of your head, but how many, how many people have you turned away since you started this process? Turned away like blackball or turned away as in convincing them to either go elsewhere or that it wasn't a right fit. Uh, I'm under the impression that if they go through the process, they're probably not going to get, they're probably, they're probably going to get turned away before it comes down to a vote. Um, That's very true. So uh, I I suppose then just during this process, how many people have been turned away either by the process itself or, or just, Weeding out um, over time, I'd say probably a third to fifty percent. Wow! But on the other on the other hand, your retention sounds like it's near one hundred percent. Yes, that's very accurate. Wow! So the 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 question that I, I think most people are are probably asking because the majority of lodges don't have a gatekeeping process like this. They have a they have the uh, the investigation forum, which they, they sit around and fill out real quickly. I suppose that, that the question most people would have in their mind is what about, what about the ones that fall through the cracks? What do you mean the ones that fall through the cracks? We have a, we have a, uh, we have a habit of wanting to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And so the, the question I suppose would be if, if the crazies, no, no, no. If 10 people oh. expressed interest <laughs> and, and five, five went through the process and five were turned away, what about the possibility of one of those five or two of those five that were turned away? Could have been the a, next grandmaster? Go, no. Well, yeah. going all the way through the process. <laughs> Not necessarily even being... And it's, it's possible that they could. Uh, we don't blatantly push people away. That's, mm-hmm. that's never a good practice. It's... Um, when they don't make it through our process, we, we let them know that other lodges are available to them, that there's another one that could fit their, uh, their needs, what they're looking for out of a lodge or fit their personality better. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, when I say 50% don't make it through, there are some that after they've met with us, discussed with us, uh, been told what Freemasonry is, explained some of the history they self remove themselves from the process. Mm-hmm. They've, they figured out that it's not something that they're wanting to follow down the, you know, go down the path of. Success is all about successfully managing risk. Yes. And, and the question really is what would you rather risk? Someone that doesn't making the cut and living them anyway, hoping that they become an active and productive member or someone that does make the cut and does meet the criteria and the, the slim possibility of them not being as active as, as you feel that they should. And additionally, you can't just think about the people that didn't make it into the process, because if you're spending all of your time on the ones that shouldn't be Masons based on, you know, being a felon or being um, whatever, whatever criteria it is that you use to remove them from the process. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to push them through and make them Masons, think about the amount of hours that it takes to get them through their degrees. Yeah. 
the practice for the degrees, the uh, practicing of the catechism with them after the degrees. It's, it's a pretty intense process with a whole lot of man hours. Mm-hmm. You want to spend that on somebody that's not going to put in the time, the effort. Um, yeah. Just a thought. As you're, as you're talking, I was thinking, I was comparing it in my mind, like a, say like you have like a prestigious university with a, with a, with a highly regarded doctorate program. Um, everyone's not going to get in that applies. It's, it's, it's very prestigious. It's going to be very selective. Yeah. You can always say, well, what about that one guy that, or one guy or girl or man or woman that, that applies and doesn't get it. They could have been the next, um, like the, like the next breakthrough research doctor or something like that. Um, they could have been the next uh, highly regarded brain surgeon or something. And it's always a possibility, but I think it comes down to knowing your worth. And they could be the next Charles Manson. The next Jekyll and Hyde. They could. Yeah. And so it's, uh, you can't, you can't stake the future of your organization on what ifs. What if, what if they're, what if they're a super Mason or what if they're the next grand master or something? Um, you, you have to, you have to create your criteria and you have to be willing to stick with it. Like my dad told me when I was a kid, if frogs had wings, they wouldn't bump their butts when they hopped. Yep. Yeah. What if <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that in there, you know, it's, it's, I got to keep it fun every once in a while, but I'd like to, I'd like to talk seriously though, about one of the processes that I truly admire. And, and, and I think that that's why Goliad is ex- as successful as it is in its retention. I was, I was talking to a member, um, it was two days ago and we were talking about the retention of all the lodges. Um, I have seen lodges that are just about down to nobody with with five EAs in the pipeline that just aren't showing up. And then I look at, at Goliad, a thriving lodge in the middle of nowhere that um, we have a, at least a 90%, if not 95 to 98% success rate with our EAs going on to be masters and and part of that is is not so much our vetting process because ours isn't as strong as y'all's for sure however now everybody knows they're part of the family when when they come in the doors and talk to us downstairs and so you know we do have that fellowship now here's here's the other side after initiation so you know you're talking about what your expectations are after initiation and and that's where we we really are successful and really drive it home when we're and i've said it before when every wednesday we have floor school without without fail period there is no stopping our floor school if there is one master mason in goliad he's going to be at the lodge so every every wednesday we have floor school and we usually have 15 15 plus people there every wednesday and the the um, the initiates and the the uh, EAs and fellow crafts and what have you, they they show up as well. So we have brothers that will stay downstairs with them while they go through their their work, and then we all go upstairs and do our work and we practice our work and we practice getting good, real good. And we're lucky to have two district instructors in our lodge at any given time. And, and then we also have one past district instructor that's always there as well. So we have a solid foundation right there. And then that person is seeing that every Wednesday, every Wednesday without fail, we show up. That person that's learning their work downstairs, they see us every Wednesday going up to smooth our Ashley, to really, to really make ourselves the best that we can be. And after he gets done with all of his stuff, guess what? He's there on Wednesday. We don't even have to say anything. He's there. You know, he's ready for the cake and ready to go upstairs and work. You know, it's, I, I, th- I think that there's a lot to be said about 
right after, not, not just, you know, not just leading up to, but right after, because you can also, you can also stop someone from going through at that point, if you find out it wasn't the right fit. And that's your, that's your time to shine right there and really make or break what's going to happen with that interdependence in my, my opinion. Sure. Stephen, when you implemented this process, was it all at once or was it uh, like a, like a step-by-step where you just slowly introduced new things? It was prior to me uh, joining Hillcrest. So that was under uh, Kyle's watchful eye. Mm. Um, I, I believe he did it all at once from the way that I was told. Let's see. You did not need to boost his ego any more than it already is. Oh, he, he doesn't we listen love, to this podcast. We love you, Kyle. It's okay. I know. His He's already surpassed our, our podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> um, if you could add anything else to the process, what would you, what would you include? Um. I don't know. I, I think it's a pretty thorough process. Uh, one part that I didn't touch on was we tend not to invite the people to the lodge itself for a couple of months. So they don't set foot in the building. They don't, um, they don't get invited to the building. So it's um, for our safety as well as theirs. Mm-hmm. We just don't, don't allow that from the very beginning until uh, we've deemed them worthy and quality well clearly that part of the process still has some flaws because you let me walk right in <laughs> you were already in the first <laughs> but they but they have not let me in yet so you know they, they're doing something there's something to that too <laughs> dennis tell us a little bit about what the investigation process looks at like at goliad Oh yeah, you want to get this? Goliath is the you don't want to talk about Lodge Hillcrest, do you? of South Texas. I mean, you don't want to talk about Hillsboro. It is a premier lodge of South Texas. Yes, don't don't ever forget that. No, um, like I said, Goliath is is to be honest with you, it's much like most lodges out there, and it's that's good and bad for two different reasons. Um, it's good because we really do uh, emphasize just bringing somebody up and having dinner with us and talking and visiting um, kind of in a lodge setting. So there's no uh, chance of our members getting out of line. There's no chance of them getting out of line. Maybe we ought to have them at a, at a bar or something so that we can see what they act like with whiskey in them. But um, it's the typical form and fashion. And with us, it works, though, because we're a small town. So like I said before, we have the the judges. We have the the sheriff's department. We have, I have a a drug-sniffing dog handler uh, as one of our members in, in Goliad as well. So you can't get anything past us if we don't want you to, but on the same token, we know everybody. So it's, it's kind of more of a hometown feel, but I don't agree that that's the best way for everybody because so many lodges out there are in the big cities and you don't know these people from anyone else. Um, Just because somebody knows how to talk on social media or knows how to present themselves uh, politely over email or even to your face doesn't mean that somebody is, is right for the lodge. And, and you just don't know the true dynamics of that person's personality by just uh, just a little bit of conversation. So our, it does take us, two or three months to, to get to know somebody um, before we let them, you know, before we give them a petition or what have you. But at the same time, we've probably made up our mind by the second month just by hanging out with them. Country folk are pretty good about getting right to the, 
nuts and bolts of a, of a conversation and, and knowing something about somebody, you know, they can, they can, they're a pretty good judge of character, believe it or not. I mean, for people that deal with cows and, and horses all the time, they really know how to deal with people. I'm just kidding. But, but seriously though, I mean, that's, that's the reality is that they're pretty good at, at doing that coupled with the fact that we do know all these other people. It, it does make our job a lot easier. Whereas it probably would not work in Austin or, or El Paso or Town. It probably wouldn't work as well because you just don't. It's buffering. Dennis, I think your, I think your internet's petering out on you. <laughs> About that person. You... Yeah. He should have sprung for fiber. <laughs> <laughs> you need more fiber, Dennis. I know. I need fiber to begin with. Get, guys. You, some, get you some mini wheats. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't catch that. I, I had oatmeal that. this morning, guys. Okay. I didn't catch that <laughs> that last part. Um, I did. I did have a few things I wanted to. And this is just me thinking out loud. But I think we. But here's excuses. wait before before you say that. Here's what we don't let that guy see. We don't let that guy see the person in our lodge that says, "Oh, you can find all of that stuff on the internet." There's no secrets yeah. in Freemasonry. We don't let him see that guy. Does he that sound like that also? Home. He does. Wow. He does. Spot on. Yes. Yes. Spot on. That's why they keep me at home whenever they. No. <laughs> Go ahead. I want to say, and, and let me let me just start off. I, I'll I'll say that as as much as as much as I. I talk about guarding the West Gate. Um, my lodge is very similar to, to many lodges, and that's that's because I'm just one person. It's just it's just one person. You have to you have to have that buy-in. So I uh, I uh, I'm in the same boat as as the majority of lodges out there, and so I uh, I'm fighting the same battles as many of you are trying to trying to create this this self improvement in uh, in my own lodge um what's the, what's the saying yeah don't you, um you can't be a hero in your hometown it's a uh, it's very much the same thing <laughs> very much the same thing believe like, me i know that yeah but uh i preface all that because we we often say well we're a small town well we're a small town we can't we can't necessarily do that or it has to be different because we're a small town I, I think we're i think we're making giving ourselves permission to, to have excuses when we do that. Um, permission to whip a petition. Yes. Ooh. Yes. You know, and, that, and that I get on a t-shirt. I'm taking it. And my small town experience may be different than yours. Cause I don't live far off 35. Uh, we get, we get, we get a lot of, of new people moving in and, and leaving on a regular basis. But I, I to say that to say that we're a good judge of character because we know a lot of people and because we're a small town, I'd have to disagree because I see a lot of lodges that are bringing people in as fast as they can, and they're keeping maybe maybe ten percent, five percent of them actually actually going through and sticking with everything. And so I don't I don't say that to be disagreeable. I'm just saying um, I'm just saying we're 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 not you specifically, but we as a fraternity. Um, are, are making excuses for for ourselves for our lodges as to as to why we can't why we can't do things and i, I preface that by saying you know I, I i also understand that like dennis can't walk into goliad and say look we're going to start vetting these guys six months and they're not going to see the lodge until we went out a few nights with them i know there's a process and you have to have the buy-in and so that's not Absolutely. necessarily an excuse that's just that's just the reality of it but I think um, it should be a lodge thing. If it's not a lodge thing, it's not going to be successful. And that doesn't matter whatever, whatever the, the you know, pick your, pick your cause, yeah. whatever it is, it's not going to be successful in the lodge yes. setting. If you don't have to buy it, you're, you're right on something. There. Yeah. You're, right. I mean, yeah. And even if, it, even if it's successful short term, if you don't have the buy-in and if it's not baked into the lodge culture, then it's not, as soon as you turn your back or you, you leave or go on vacation or something, it's out the window. Yeah. You need to see other people 
other people need to see the results for themselves. And so you have to get them to buy in and then be, participate and then actually see the results for themselves so that it solidifies and becomes part of what they believe. It's helping them make a different decision. Yeah. Even, not changing their mind, just helping them make a different decision. I have written down. Uh, I'm curious because I know you've, you've talked about this process with, with other people and uh, like Willie said, most lodges don't do it. It's not, it's not really a popular idea with a lot of people. I mean, it's popular here, right here with these, with these guys, but it's not, it's not popular with a lot of Masons. I'm curious what kind of objections you have heard in the past. Lots of it is that they're small town. They see very few uh, people even walk in the door. They don't have a social media presence. They don't have the ability to answer the emails online. They don't have somebody who can address the concerns, the emails from the person, give them the information so that uh, they can even start the process in an online fashion. Um, I, I've heard we only get one petition a year, you know? Wow. Well, I've seen lodges. I've seen lodges that, that haven't had any in several years. So exactly. it's, it's, it's sad, but, it, but that's the reality of, of what we're dealing with. It is. A, a lot of those objections are, I mean, maybe I'm just naive, but they seem like they're easily rectified. Yeah. Creating a social media presence is not hard. Responding to messages and emails it's not hard. Hell, they, they pop up on my on my monitor when I get emails. I mean, exactly. I see them when they come up. So exactly. and on my phone too. So it's no problem just to type a quick response. People don't need a short essay respond, you know, responding to just a okay, right. I'll get that to you. Let's meet or something. Yeah. Um wow. Yeah. I, I'm then, actually that's why that's why I'm creating a, a presentation for uh developing a, a web marketing presence for the lodge, which is, that's cheap and easy. So there, it takes out the two biggest factors, you know, oh, it's going to cost too much. Oh, it's too hard, cheap and easy. And, so it's, and if you run this whole process, like a sales generation process, your, your inquirer is effectively a sales lead mm -hmm. and you're working yes. the, the completed sale. So the completed sale will be their first degree. Yeah. Right. So what you well, and that's to be where, and that's where it doesn't need to be a bait and switch. The best salesman is selling something they believe in and, and selling something that's good for the person that's buying it as well. That's yeah. the best salesperson. And if, it, if it's a product that get. we if it's a product we actually believe in, it's not going to be a hard sell. And exactly. Freemasonry is our product. Exactly. Yes. It is, and we have exclusive rights to it. It's uh, there's, 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 there's imitations out there, but we have, I was going to say, tell product. the Grand Lodge of, of Texas or the Grand, not the Grand Lodge of Texas, tell the Grand Lodge of, of Dallas, Texas, Block C, Cell 5. <laughs> yeah. That one guy that has his own Grand Lodge. Well, if you're going to make a fake Grand Lodge, why would you pick Dallas? There what, five in Houston? <laughs> to sweeten the pot? Yeah, there's five in Houston. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. But those objections, I, I, out. Those, those objections are kind of surprising to me. Um, it, it's typical. That's, yeah. I, I went in there expecting there to be objections, especially yeah. in the small towns. Well, the, yeah. the, the specific ones you gave, to be frank, they're not objections to me. They're more like excuses. Yeah. They're more like, exactly. this, is, this is why we can't do this. I was expecting like elitism accusations and, and things like that yeah, this I, is, i'm used to that one <laughs> but this is just people this is just people making excuses as to why they can't why they can't step up their game yeah. well i heard i heard well, they'll, they'll, they'll also throw out there that they aren't a town as large as uh dallas they don't have you know multiple million the, people the resources yeah they, they don't have the large community i mean we're we're right in the middle of uh highland park so We've got a large, wealthy area that's surrounding us with a whole lot of people. So they think that that's a captive audience, and that we're going to have just tons of people walking in the doors. And and how many? And how? Yeah. And how many members do you really have out of Highland Park? How many? Are, are out of Highland Park itself, or out of yeah, out, out of Highland, Highland Park itself? 
There are a few that live in Highland Park that are members of Hillcrest. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and, and I only made that point because I grew up in Dallas and, and, uh, I'm sorry, Justin, you just don't get it. I grew up up there and, uh, I was, I was sidetracked by children. So I'm sorry. I don't get what that's okay. That's okay. That living in Dallas. So I, I get it. I don't get it. I get it. I, I've lived up there and you know those those little communities, they're very tight knit little communities. But in the same token, they don't know anybody but their little community. They don't they don't know anybody else except for their little circle. So one of the reasons why and, and let me go back to this when you were talking about Goliath is one of the reasons why I think that we're a little more successful is because we're out there with the public more just in our general um, ways of doing things like, you know, me as part of the planning and zoning commission, I, I am currently uh, making myself available for city council again. And this is a Masonic podcast. You can't mention that. Oh no. Oh no. But, but, uh, Politics. You know, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I'm, I'm out there in the public. I know everybody in town and, and, and then, uh, you know, Scott, he's the, the director of the Presidio. Our biggest, our biggest lead generator in, in Goliad is, is the Presidio for, for tourism and, and history. And he's part of the historical, uh, uh, board. So, you know, we're out there and they know who we are and what we're doing. They know the, our values. So that has a lot to play in it, too, that, that people don't realize. You know, you can be a hometown lodge with hometown values and everybody loves each other and has a great fellowship. But if you're not working with your community, then you're missing the boat. If like if now Hillcrest is 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 different it's a it's like the eye of the storm it's it's this perfect piece of heaven. it's it's the perfect piece of heaven right in the center of this craziness in dallas right so you know the best way for people to reach you because you're kind of secluded in that little neighborhood too the best way for people to reach you and and to see you is through the the public uh or through the the web the web marketing so that presence is very important for your lodge. Whereas with us, it's more about, you know, our own personal presence is what, what does it more so. But we do have a web presence. So don't, don't get me wrong. And we've had in our little 1900 people town, we've had three people, you know, become master masons from our web presence in the past four years. So, you know, it works. I'm sorry, Justin. I'm feeling the show. Go ahead and oh, talk. That's fine. Um, I see him start getting bored. He just gets there. <laughs> He's writing notes. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm writing notes. I'm just scribbling them down. Um, something I wanted to bring up because I think Hillcrest is is the perfect example of, of what I'm about to explain is if the the more rigorous your your investigation process, and I think this is part of the reason a lot of lodges don't want a rigorous investigation process because I think they all know this subconsciously, even if they won't say it. And that is, if you have a rigorous investigation process, but your lodge provides zero value, then once they get through all of that, it doesn't matter how thorough you were or how hyped they were. As soon as they sit in that lodge and they realize it's just a, just a boring business meeting, it doesn't matter. None of that, none of that buildup matters. You mean you're supposed to do something other than just read the minutes? <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? But even but that's the highlight of our lodge. But as okay. soon as what we already did, as soon as you enter Hillcrest Lodge, oh. you know that you that that you're part of something special. You know yes. it. It's conveyed in the building itself that this is not an ordinary place. These are not ordinary people. This is this is everything about this is exceptional. And so my my point is a lodge has to provide value. And I and and a lot of people probably don't want to create that 
that rigorous of an investigation process because they know it creates a buildup and no one wants to put in the work to make their lodge special. And are you going to build it up so that you can let them down after the fact? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Not yes. that not that we're strangers to bait and switches, but I guess yeah. this was more work. Yeah. Because if they're not providing that end goal of actually giving the new Mason something of value that would that that's would, the word yeah, right there. Yes. They would warrant their dues money. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Yeah. You're exactly right. Uh here's another thing that, that people see in 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 our lodge number one they see the history of of who we are and you know where our building comes from and all that kind of stuff but one of the big things that they see in our lodge is the sense of community you know we've talked about it and just about every time that, that we have a show where i can throw this out there i do um when it comes to me vetting uh, the next guy that's coming in and I haven't signed a petition in a long time. Cause I've, I'm just not that guy. Don't bring one to me. Um, I have to feel comfortable with you being alone with my daughter first. And the reason why is because being that Yeti is a master Mason and Justin is a master Mason. If my daughter sees you, she automatically trusts you. She loves you. She already knows that you love her daddy. Whoa, dad. whoa, let's not and get ahead of ourselves. I mean, you're an okay guy. You know, I like hanging out with you. You but can't help it. Don't, don't even. Don't even. <laughs> you can't help it. Who wouldn't love all of this? Steven, tell me a little bit about the, um, and this is more just for, for idea purposes. What type of social events do y'all do at Hillcrest? We do a monthly social on the fourth Thursday of the month. We, uh, we don't ever go to the same place twice in a row. Um, they did that for a oh, while. Oh, that's cool. So in the very beginning, when I first started going to Hillcrest, we were always going to this one restaurant. Um, Grady Smart started taking over the socials and planning what restaurant or tavern it would be located at monthly. Um, it, 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 he was able to choose different places around that section of Dallas that were nice and creative and eclectic and had a good, good vibe, good feel, great food, great beverages. And um, it, it made it a place where people could feel comfortable, where people could um, act like who they were and get a good drink and good food while surrounded by friendly people. I like it. So it changes up every month then. Yeah. Nice. Is it usually dinner? Yes, usually dinner and a beverage. Nice. I like that. Yeah. What kind of what kind of questions have you gotten by uh, potential petitioners? Um, Besides the generic, you know, what is masonry? What can you tell me about it? You know, what are the... Any secrets? crazy ones? Um, we usually try to weed those out. We Going through the back and forth in the emails you can generally get a feel of who's going to be the crazy one and you file 13 those. Um, you'll occasionally get some weird ones, some odd questions, some um, people that sounded normal in email and then come across as conspiracy theorists. Once they start talking to you in person, mm-hmm. um, trying to get into the, They'll, they'll start asking like cult questions or Illuminati questions or trying to tie us together or um, j- just go down weird rabbit holes that oftentimes are uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. you, you get that feel and those are the people that you try to um, not invite to the next one. They, they can't hide their weird for very long. They cannot. Yes. And that's the good thing about the six months is that really – you know, somebody can act appropriate a couple of times, two, maybe three times, but ultimately it's going to come out. Yeah. So you're going to see, you're going to see that other side. You talk to Just them enough and their, their weird comes out. Yes. Yeah, start, Justin start, sees that regularly now, he, he regrets me being on the show all the time. Yeah. He kept us that together for a few episodes and now it's just, now we're just, it's just, Damage control. It's a free for all. The <laughs> you can bet your life. 
He let the chaos out. Yeah, yeah. He Takes our high and so am I. Yeah. Okay. That's enough for the music segment. I agree. Well, see, <laughs> Justin's, Justin's not old enough to know where that comes from. You and I know where that comes from. I, I didn't hear what you were doing. Like it was yeah, I, did, I didn't hear what song it was. Oh, I, I was singing Free For All from Ted Nugent. Uh, he wasn't ever one of mine. I, I, I remember him in Dan. Oh, my. What's a, what's a Ted Nugent? No. Yeah, you know Ted. what? He's, he's a damn Yankee. <laughs> he's, a, he's a great American hero. Yeah. yeah. He's a, um, he's a re- he was a redneck with an electric guitar is what he was. <laughs> That's for sure. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I lost my I lost my train of thought. Now we I started talking whole, about. Yeah, started, I ruined the whole show. I, I thought you were speaking in tongues for a second or something. I was worried about you because <laughs> you're you're making all these strange sounds. So what I'd like to do is I'll open the floor, um, to to Stephen if you just have any like closing remarks, and uh, Dennis will Dennis will probably take up the remaining five six seven minutes. And then I'll try to squeeze something insightful in in 30 seconds. And uh, that should be it. I so, uh, don't have any particular closing remarks. You know, I'm not a talker. I'm shy inside. So, uh, yeah. That's about it. Okay. Okay, okay Dennis. So then, I'll, then I'll take the next eight minutes. <laughs> Yeti, we're so, we're so happy that you, that you came on the show. We really are. And Thanks I'm for so having glad me. that. I'm so glad that you guys are doing what you're doing. And, and like I said, I truly want my son to go through that experience. I want both of my boys to go through that experience, but only one is showing interest right now. In fact, I showed in a, a different episode, I've got two bottles of whiskey of the Grandmaster's whiskey, one for the years of each one of their, their birth. And so one will get one and one will get the other whenever they become masters. So it's, sure. it's, uh, that's how important it is to me. And I want them to be, if they make it through your process, I mean, I want them to go through it. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully I'll be over there when, uh, when it's time. Yeah. So one of the takeaways that I, that I take from, from this, and I would be a, a real reject if I didn't um, say this. So, Yeti, you make some of the most beautiful creations in, in the world. You make the be- most beautiful guitars, now bass guitars, um, gavels, uh, sharp instruments, which I personally have. Justin, do you have any Yeti products? I do. Uh, My Lodge does. They, they, are, they are on so far back order that he hasn't even heard of it yet, but they are on back order. <laughs> So, so here's, here's my analogy. I, I, I picture your vetting process and, and, and your process of making a new Mason very similar to your, to your creation of, of one of your gavels. You pick the best products. You pick the precise wood that you want, the, 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 just the right amount of epoxy that you want with the right shades of color that you want to add to it. And, and then you put it all together, you shape it all together, and then you start milling it on the lathe. And you form it into this beautiful creation. And once it's finished, it's something that everybody adores and everybody loves. Well, I think that y'all are doing the exact same thing with your candidates. You're, you're, you're nurturing the process and creating the, the candidate that we all want to see, the, the mason that we all want to see and get to know. And I think you're doing an excellent job with that. And, and it, would be, it would be pathetic on my part not to throw that analogy in there because you do make such a, such a great product and it's Yeti Creations, if any, any of y'all know. And, uh, and then as well, you, y'all are making such great products with your, with your lodge. You really are. You, I, I, I'm just, I just, I am so proud of what you're doing. Don't tell Kyle that. I don't want his head to get any bigger. You know, you have to take it right. Thank you. Even I, though when I appreciate it, the 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 lodge started it. We honed it and you know massaged it to make it what it is. And we we've lucked out having lots of really really good candidates with a lot of brothers to help foster those relationships. So and 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 Justin and I are coming up there before long. Um, 
I'm, I'm going to be up there in, in April for, uh, for some grandmasters conferences and, and things of that nature. And, and so we're going to want to come up there and, and see you guys and talk to y'all. And, and we're thinking about interviewing Kyle. Um, if he listens, if he listens to this, then it's time for you to text us and let you, let us know that you're actually interested in our podcast. And he, then he doesn't we'll listen. let you on. He doesn't listen. Then we'll, he just listen. Then we'll let you on. <laughs> then yeah. we'll let you on the show. So yes. if you if you listen and you need to text and say, "Oh, I heard you say that at the end," and and then I'll let you on the show. So if he passed the test, he'll listen to see if I actually gave him any shout outs during it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, right? Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, but but so guys, brothers, non brothers especially, as Justin and I always say, we we know brothers all over the world, and especially our little world of Texas, and and we know the the most beautiful lodges. We know the most historic lodges. We know the the most traditional lodges. We know brothers around this state that can help you. If you're not getting the Freemasonry that, that you were looking for when you got in and, and you're wondering, you know, well, this can't be it. I don't want to leave Freemasonry, but I don't know what to do. We do. So just message us. We'll help you get in touch with these guys or, or other guys, just depending on your interest. It'll be a conversation. So just let us know. We're here for you. We're trying to build a better brotherhood. And, um, and as well with anyone that's interested in joining the fraternity, um, you know, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not trying to make elitists and we're not trying to make you rich. We're not the Illuminati. We're not anything like that. So if that's what you're looking for, don't even bother. If you're, if you're looking for quality Freemasonry and, um, being a part of a heritage of, of our forefathers, give us a shout. We can, we can get you there. We know the brothers that can get you there, man. I'm in, I'm impressed. I mean, I cut it to six. I cut no, it to six. I'm just, I'm just sitting there. I, I'm trying to, I was trying to watch to see when you took a breath, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I bet I never saw it. So see, uh, I can relate to, I can relate to Steven. I'm also, um, uh, I'm, I'm by nature. I'm not really a very chatty person. So, um, for anyone, yeah. to do, for anyone, unless to you talk, call him, huh? Unless you call him and talk to him. Oh, he's yeah, not yeah. a chatty person, but he doesn't like to text. He wants to talk to you on the phone. Um, well, that's just cause I'm old. I'd rather talk to you than, than text. <laughs> You're old. <laughs> You're old. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, Steven, there's a, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're actually, the first return interview that we've had on the podcast and uh, Dennis doesn't count cause he's co-host. And so, uh, <laughs> but um, there's a reason for that. Uh, I, uh, I have a huge amount of respect for, for, for you and, and the, sure. uh, your, your outlook on the fraternity and as yeah. well as respect for, for Hillcrest and the amount of work that was put into the lodge and, and, and really, pioneering some of these new ideas such as uh which really aren't even new actually just 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 bringing them back into into common practice or, or trying to so um I, I again i really appreciate you coming onto the show uh and, and giving of your time i uh definitely appreciate those 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 memes you share on facebook <laughs> i uh i i don't always give you the the smiley face it deserves but uh they always hit me right here, man. They're always, they're always, they're always on point. There are enough people that go on right by because it, you know, they're not for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I'm afraid if I like some of them, I'll probably go to hell. So, uh, but I, I see them in a lot. <laughs> I'm driving the bus. In all seriousness, um, I appreciate everything you do, and uh, I, I will, I will get one of those pins one day, maybe even one of those malls. So uh, that's a uh, that's on the to do. So. Uh, I wish more people would actually say it that way, getting malls instead of saying gavels. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I'm too redneck. I apologize. But no, 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 no. Malls are the way to go. We're not judges. Yes. We're yes. Least, let's use them all. Yes. That's my yeah, and I like yeah. I like the traditional mall style also and not the not the gavel. I, yeah. I agree. 
At least for the East. At I'm least gonna, for the East, yeah. That's, I'm going to request a, a black and red one and call totally it doable. the Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Mm. <laughs> Could use some ebony for the handle. Yeah, there you go. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Put a, little horn, put a few horns around the top. Yeah, there we go. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you again, Stephen. This has been Always. an excellent interview. And uh, Dennis, I suppose you did okay too. So thank you for, for taking time out of your day. Um, Always. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, Stephen, I, uh, I look forward to sitting in the lodge with you again sometime soon. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Yes, sir. All right. Well, y'all have a great day and I'll see everybody in the next episode.